Hello and welcome to another episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. I'm your host, David Altizer. And I'm Connor McCaskill. And we are here after a slight hiatus. Well, I shouldn't say that. (laughs) We're back. It's been a while. (laughs) Yeah, we're back. It's been a while. Some things have come out and I mean, we could just get started straight out of the gate with the DJI announcements. Connor, what has released in the last two weeks from DJI? Well, uh, since we've been gone, they uh, since we've been gone, right. <laughs> yeah. um, there was Kelly. the uh, DJI uh, Air Three. So uh, that new drone came out, and it looks pretty cool. I mean, it's just another drone. Uh, <laughs> nothing too earth shattering about it, other than the fact, of course, it does have that two camera system, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, so the Air has always been. I think the terminology certainly has has come from apple's marketing right um yes and the air kind of has always been even from apple and then i think with dji the kind of every man's drone right the air is kind of everything that most people need the mini in my opinion is everything that i need because I love the form factor of the mini and the mini mm-hmm. three pro in particular has all the pro features that I want, you know, like it's, it does have a decent image straight out of the camera. It does have the 10 bit. It does have the, the decent like, but it's so tiny and compact, but for some people that's just not enough. You know, if you're shooting a wedding or you're shooting kind of quote professional work, the Mini 3 is really not what you want. It also doesn't have the sensors on it that this has as well. Um, and so, yeah, the Air 3 has omnidirectional optical sensing. It's got a uh, 1 and 1 third inch uh, tele lens. Which, what tele lens is that on there? It, it is, is it the same a, um, I believe it's a 70 millimeter nice. uh, tele, telephoto lens. And then the wide is that. I think the standard isn't it? Aren't all the other ones twenty four millimeters as well? Yes, yeah, it's that yeah, standard so twenty four millimeter lens. Um, now it is, uh, it is a forty. It's they're saying it's forty eight megapixel sensor, which is actually pretty good because I think my Air Two S is a twenty megapixel sensor, so a little bit of a bump there as mm-hmm. well, which is nice. Yeah, and it's a f one point seven uh, aperture on the wide mm-hmm. lens, um, but getting that kind of telephoto image on a drone really enhances the cinematography because back in the old days when people were actually using real helicopters for aerial shots, often if you even go back and watch any eighties and nineties movies, often they would start with a big opening sweeping aerial shot. And usually they would have a zoom lens and they would like zoom in very telephoto into the subject or, um, you know, even some of those like Lord of the Rings shots where the the Fellowship of the Ring, they're climbing over the mountains and stuff. Some of those are the most beautiful aerial shots ever because they're just all the actors running over the mountains in New Zealand. Yeah. And I don't know if you... No, no green screen. No green screen at all. And uh, I think I heard some of the interviews with the the actors from Lord of the Rings and they said that those were pretty funny because they would have like a walkie-talkie uh, hidden in their costume. And so they could hear the, you know, Peter Jackson, but it was always like, we're coming over, keep running, you know, whatever. And they're just running. They don't hear or see anything. And then all of a sudden just, you know, the helicopter just comes over the mountains and they're just running, you know, completely alone. Um, so 
anyways, but a lot of those shots, it's often like a hundred millimeter, 200 millimeter lens. And it really gives you that parallax movement. And it's truly a cinematic, uh, kind of feel that you can get with a telephoto lens on a drone, especially a lens that's super stabilized. Um, also too, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but like, if you go back and watch old aerial shots that were shot on a, a real helicopter from the eighties and nineties, they are not smooth. <laughs> They're really bumpy and you can kind of see the camera jiggling around. Like the stabilization that we have on a drone is so much better than what they were using back in the day on a helicopter, which I think was honestly just a cameraman probably sitting <laughs> on a helicopter for some of the shots. It's a guy with a giant can yeah. of a... Uh, not a Canon camera, but a Canon of a <laughs> yeah. camera or uh, some sort hanging out. Or maybe, you know, maybe they had some mounts, but they probably didn't have any type of real good stabilization that we have now. So no, um, not. anyways, it's, it's cool. It's I mean, cool. remember the, um, Oh, what was it? The, uh, the Mavic two pro, the zoom, mm-hmm. um, that one was pretty cool because it had that same kind of thing. It had a little bit of that telephoto zoom action going on. Problem with that one is that the image just looks so much worse yes. than the regular Pro 2. So people didn't really want to use it. Yep. From footage I've seen of the Air 3, it looks like they've kind of corrected a lot of that. The image looks pretty dang good. Yeah. Of course, it's going to look amazing in their commercial. But even from footage I've seen of buddies using it, it seems like it's pretty decent. So... It's yeah. a cool drone. I mean, it and it's what uh, eleven hundred bucks, which it's pretty good. Yeah, it really is. I, th- I think if you're in the market for a drone um, and you don't feel the need to go to the 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 Pro series, the Mavic Pro series, this is more than enough. Um, our good friend Jevin Dovey has said in his video that this is now becoming his main drone because you know the the Mavic Three Pro. Though it's super high quality, super great. If you've seen the Cine drones, they're they're pretty big and bulky. Um, still nowhere near the size of the drones that we were using just a couple of years ago with the Phantom series. But with the Air series, it's kind of your camera bag along with your mirrorless cameras. It still fits in there. It's about the size of a water bottle, um, or you know, roughly like a seventy to two hundred or something like that. It, it, it's, it's fittable in your, in your bag and yeah. uh, it's doing all the pro settings like 10 bit and HLG and all that stuff. So uh, pretty cool. And it, it has full omnidirectional obstacle avoidance, which the mini series does not have. So if that's important to you, um, that means you could pretty much fly in any direction and, and be fairly safe. I don't think yeah. it's doing everything that the pro series does, but it's got all around it. Um, obstacle avoidance i don't think it has top and down sensors i think that's the difference i learned the hard way that the mini did not have omnidirectional obstacle avoidance because i crashed uh jim cook's drone (laughs) (laughs) i was doing a a side shot and i didn't realize it didn't have left and right stabilization so i was just flying with almost pure confidence because usually you know it stops me if something's wrong and no i hit a tree uh, on a golf course and it uh did it break the ground? Luckily, it was fine. Um, it broke uh, a few propellers on it, but it ended up being okay. Oh, cool! So that's good. That's yeah. good that you didn't uh, have to <laughs> buy him a new drone. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. The the Mini Three Pro does not have. I think it's just got front facing, and that's it. So, which arguably is the least important because that's where you you can see that way. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> if you're gonna have anything left and right or back, makes the most sense to me. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it's got. I think it has back too, right? I don't know. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's just front and back, but it doesn't matter. 
Yeah. Tri- uh, they're calling it tri-directional obstacle sensing. So I guess it's got front, back, and down, I think, but not side to side, which is really probably the most important because as you're doing a move, you're often moving left to right, and that's when you would hit a tree or something. So Exactly. Um, so but that's not all the DJI news. Well, DJI, dude, I say I, DGI. Sorry, but. I, I kind of paused for a second because my phone is directly below my monitor, and eBay literally just notified me. It said, "Just for you, drone DJI," because you searched drone, and I haven't searched drone on eBay, and that's weird. I've been talking about this drone during this conversation. I've said drone, drone, drone probably 20 times, and eBay, I guess, is listening to my microphone, so that's a little strange. <laughs> I mean, you, yeah, that's... eBay, of all companies. I didn't realize that they were in the Facebook world. <laughs> they're, all, uh, they're all listening to us all the time. That's weird, though. I, I literally, I was not searching drone on eBay at any point recently. That is yeah. strange. Okay, anyways... Let it be known to maybe disable uh, your microphone access to eBay. Although I don't think eBay has ever asked for microphone access. That's what creeps me out a little bit. Yeah, I mean... Maybe it's seeing my searches on my Chrome browser. Um, it probably Yeah, I probably saw you search for DJI and it was like, oh, drones, huh? Yeah, interesting. Got some, got some cookies going on mm-hmm. on Chrome or something. I don't know. Gotta love the modern world. Um, anyways, <laughs> so a DJI also, uh, just as of today, announced their Osmo Action 4 camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, super cool little action camera. I mean, we've always liked the action, the, de- the DJI ones over, um, for example, GoPro back in the day when Dave and I would review those cameras. Yeah, I the- um, the GoPros sometimes would have better features in some areas, and, and often even their color, I feel like, was usually pretty good. But I don't know. There was something yeah, about the Osmo that had a more cinematic kind of look to it. I don't know. It's just their color looked better, in my opinion. I think that um, GoPro's colors were just more saturated. I, I don't know that they yeah. were necessarily better. I think that they were artificially making it look better uh, but the osmos image just the pure image looked um just nicer than the gopros yeah, even if the um, gopro had like 10 bed and other features that seemed on paper to be better i felt like straight out camera the the uh the original osmo action kind of looked like a real camera like you know just a wide angle but um and then they were also the first to put the screen on the front as well which was a awesome feature right and then everybody copied that yeah <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But like almost immediately. I feel like a little bit of deja vu because I remember last year reviewing the Osmo 3. So yeah. um, the Action 3 came out last summer and here we are a year later and they have a 4. So um, that's pretty fast turnaround time on a new camera. But I mean, that's what DJI does, I guess. And um, yeah, for the most part, it does look similar and, and pretty much the same in terms of the body um they're going with the kind of gopro style which is great i think it's better than the little cube that they made uh the cube is cool but i think this is kind of you know to use the same term i just used prior this is the everyman's camera uh because it has everything built into it with both of the screens and everything and it just makes sense they've got a great mounting uh solution i really like osmo's mounting 
uh, stuff. It, they took a different approach than GoPro. They created kind of this magnetic clip-on mount. Have you had any yeah. any time playing with that, Connor? Uh, yeah, with the three, the three had it as well. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it's really cool. In fact, in their advertisement uh, video, their commercial, um, they show it. You know, clipped onto a guy's backpack. He's hiking in the mountains, and he quickly unclips it, clips it to a little selfie stick vertically. And then they record a vertical clip for Instagram or TikTok or whatever they mm-hmm. choose to post to. And I was like, ah, I mean, yeah, it, it's cool. I, I think it's very well engineered. I mean, they tend to think stuff through. I don't know that this is miles better than the three. I, you know, it looks pretty, pretty similar, but, you know, it has, a, I think, a slightly better battery life, slightly higher performance, um, stuff like that. Yeah, my my friend um, Flight Path posted a video uh, comparing the GoPro to the DJI, and it looks like the 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 DJI Action Four is slightly wider than the GoPro Hero Eleven. It's also got um, definitely better low light. I think it has a larger sensor um, as well. That's true. Yeah, the sensor is a, a decent improvement. It's a one. Th- is it one third inch? Is that what they did? Yeah, one and one third inch. One uh, and one third, something yeah. like that. And you can see uh, Potato Jet did a test comparing it to an iPhone uh, with the wide angle lens, not your standard lens. I'm sure the standard lens would would crush it in low light compared to this. But um, he's like, well, if we're going to compare apples to apples, it'd be the wide angle lens, I guess. So, mm-hmm. which is fair. Well, actually, no. There's there's a shot of the Action Four compared to the normal One X lens, and the One X lens looks way better. It has bokeh and stuff, but, um, you know, the action four is, is holding its own. Um, I think that, I think that topic alone kind of negates the, the point of the action cameras. Like, unless you really are truly doing action shots and stuff, I just prefer using my phone. It gives me everything I need. It's got, it does have a wide angle lens on it. You know, if he's using this camera to film his kids going to the aquarium and, and to like a theme park. Like to me, that's the place where your phone would be the best tool because <laughs> it's in your pocket. Yeah. It's so. already, it's already with you. I think that, yeah, exactly. It, it, action cameras are, it's in the name. It's an action camera. So it's like, if you're a skier, mm-hmm. obviously that's awesome. If you're into scuba or snorkel, that's awesome. If you're into mountain biking, that's awesome. But if you're, going to the zoo mm-hmm. <laughs> it's unless you go to the zoo in some extreme way that'd be kind of crazy coming in riding on an elephant i don't know yeah maybe an action camera doesn't really make much sense but it does seem cool i i, I could see uh snagging one and maybe even using it as like just a really cheap um like top-down camera yeah. or something as well because it's really small and, and uh not a non-obtrusive um yeah, anyway, look it look decent enough to work as that um potato jet sorry potato jet is showing action four versus action three and it does have an enhanced low light mode and i mean i'm seeing some change here but it still looks the dang it looks the same like it's it's the same it's yeah sure it's it's slightly better but like you're you're not gonna i don't know it's just it's such a marginal difference it's if you already have the three i think you're fine um even even if you have the GoPro 11, I think you're fine. If you're in the market to upgrade, then obviously get this one. I mean, it's newer. It's good. It's It's got some nice features. Um, yeah. One of the things that I saw that, that I think is pretty cool is you can plug in the DJI USB mic now to the USB-C port 
on the action as well as if you use an adapter, you can plug in, you know, like a, a boom mic or something like that. So it's accepting mic input over the USB-C port. So that's cool. Yeah. Um, one other cool feature is that it does seem to do some, although they used a weird shot to show it off. I would, I would have used something a little more vibrant to show it off. But when you're underwater, you know, everything turns blue and gray because mm-hmm. uh, that's just how light works underwater. Mm-hmm. And um, they have a underwater correction that you can apply um, for the colors, which is kind of cool. Okay. Um, but again, they just showed like a shot of a manta ray. So I was like, well, there's not much color on a manta ray <laughs> True. To, to really show that working. Um, I'm not seeing it. But anyways, it's in there. It's in their little scroll down apple looking presentation okay um that, that's kind of neat i don't know it, it's cool yeah like you said if you have a three uh, maybe don't probably consider that unless you're just rolling in money and just want to spend it for funsies <laughs> but um i don't know if you have a two or a one it's probably it's probably worth looking into yeah yeah i'm looking at some of the video here i mean it looks really cool underwater for sure yeah the um, it looks like DJI took a note out of GoPro's book and like really made a beautiful, amazing looking um, ad. You know, with the yeah. with the action for uh, the mm-hmm. footage looks incredible. I don't know if there's enough information to talk about. A lot of times, it's just here's a maybe picture of it. Yeah, is there like any leaked specs on the C two? No, it's just that it's happening. Okay. Um. Here, I'll I'll share this. So on Canon Rumors, they showed a leak of a patent that Canon is working on that has a tilting viewfinder. So I've never seen anything like this. I don't think any mirrorless company has done anything like this, but Fuji has done with the GFX line that little accessory with the original one that could the EVF could like tilt up and stuff. Um, yeah. And Panasonic, I think, had some cameras that could kind of tilt up. So I, I guess it has been done before, but not from the high-end <laughs> manufacturers. <laughs> Yeah, and I was gonna say, I mean, it looks it looks nice. Like it'd be cool to have it on there. Um, yeah, but it, it looks a lot like like a C two hundred viewfinder, you know, that would tilt up um, or something like that, which is great. I mean, that viewfinder worked awesome back on uh, back when I used that camera a lot more. Yeah, so, well, so, I why mean, not? Cer- is this? It's certainly smaller than than a C two hundred one, and it'd have to be some sort of of course. It'd have to be a pretty high res um, viewfinder as well. Uh, you know, if it's a modern mirrorless camera, so is that rumored to be on the upcoming R5C Mark II? Is that what maybe this is R- going to entail, or do you do we think this is going to be entirely different, or do we just not know? Yeah, yeah. It says this would definitely be a feature a lot of people would enjoy using on a camera like the R5 Mark II, which is going to be their their kind of next big flagship. Um, so yeah, so I mean, I th- I think this is a flagship feature because professional photographers who are doing portraiture and stuff um, are often shooting pretty low, and this gives them the ability to continue to keep their eye jammed into the viewfinder and do low shots. So yeah, um, so yeah, I think this is a cool this is a cool idea. So um, yeah, why not? So apparently, Canon actually was surprised by the sales of the R five C, even though. You know, we've expressed our concerns and issues with it. Um, it's actually sold more than they were expecting. Um, I think uh, potentially Canon was thinking it would be 
a similar fate that the one DC had, which I'm holding. If you're watching the video, I still have my, my one DC. It doesn't work. I need to either send it in to get fixed or just sell it as is, but, um, never let it go, Dave. I know it's a, a beautiful, uh, counterweight. It's a, it's a beautiful paperweight. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, the art with the one DC did not sell well at all, but it was also because it was $15,000 and it didn't have any like pro video features other than log and continuous recording. <laughs> so Canon has some, Canon has some pretty unreasonably highly priced cameras occasionally. It's like true. the, the C500 Mark II. It's like, it's a good camera. It is, but it's like, did it really have any business being $17,000? The C500? <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. C five hundred. Yeah, I don't know, man. In I, the cinema was, world, yeah, for sure. Okay, I mean, teach their own. I, I don't know that it was that good um, compared to other stuff out there. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the so it, same thing with the one DC. I think that the one DC. I mean, it was just absurdly overpriced. It probably should have been eight or nine thousand. Yeah. Uh, instead of fifteen. So yeah, um, I don't know. I, I think, think Canon thinks very highly of themselves. <laughs> No, yeah, I mean to push back on the 500 Mark II. I mean, I think I think it was fair for the market. Uh, but the problem with the 1DC is that uh, it was in that you know high price bracket market, but it had none of the features that those people would want. Like there was no focus speaking, there's no waveforms, there was no professional audio features. There was there was still a mini HDMI port. Like you know, at least with the 500 Mark II, it's, you know, it's got the, it's got all the video features, it's got built-in ND, it's got SDI, it's got a time code, it's got, you know, all, et cetera, to go on and on. And, um, and that sensor was comparable to, you know, the Alexa in terms of dynamic range and noise performance. So, uh, for the price point, I think it was definitely, you know, uh, worth it. And obviously they're not selling many units of them. So, yeah. um, but, We'll we'll see about the R5C Mark II. My kind of hesitation with it is like, I really wish that they would use the R6 sensor for that kind of world of the C cameras because I like that, you know, it's got better low light, essentially. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I don't need all those megapixels, but I guess they're wanting to make sure that they have 8K recording because I guess that's kind of just the future of everything. I'm... I have no desire to shoot 8K myself, but, um, you know, the R5 has a, has a really interesting lens that you can get for it that does VR recording. Um, and you do need the highest resolution possible for uh VR, you know, 360, 180 recording essentially. So, um, do you who, think, who knows? It might even be 12K. <laughs> do you think, yeah. Do you think VR recording is really going to become a thing? I know that Absolutely. Apple Vision Pro kind of hints at it, and obviously Meta has been doing all their stuff with it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think don't know. because just, of the I think because of the Vision Pro, there's just going to be more and more demand for it um, as Apple create. You know, Apple's uh, been creating content for uh, for their shows. You know, they're using VR cameras for all their Apple TV shows now. Mm-hmm. So that means there's going to be you know, versions of their Apple TV shows that you could watch in the Vision Pro that are proper 3D um, that you could watch. And it's not, I, mean, I guess it's not full VR. It's its like a 180 because it's just, it's like you're yeah. looking through a window of the movie. But um, I've heard that 
you know, that particular lens from Canon is, is starting to sell out right now. The R5C has been selling really high numbers because of the Vision Pro announcement. Mm. Um, so people are trying to get a hold of that camera with that lens now. So they kind of got lucky with that, I think, because it's really the only pro lens in that in that price bracket. Yeah, I just wonder how well it's going to take because it is a very exclusive viewing experience, not only mm. because it's an individual-based viewing experience, which is one thing, but yeah. just two, it's going to be an expensive viewing experience. I mean, sure. it's going to be hard to buy into. So I think for that now. the market yeah. on that, yeah, at least for now, at least for a couple of years, but even still, it, it feels like it's going to be a very niche Oh yeah, yeah. Thing for, to be doing totally, and the and if you yeah, if, it's like be aware of it. Maybe even rent one and maybe try around and play with it if you want. But you're right. You know now's now's not the time to buy that stuff because it's not even going to be mainstream for another. You're building an ecosystem to prep for for the future. Then so be it. <laughs> so true. So since our last conversation, which was only two weeks ago, a lot has changed for me. I've actually, you know, released the video. I think we, um, that we talked about the hundred movies video. Um, we, we talked about it and, and it was still not out yet. And so there was probably a slight hinge of doubt on Connor's part that I would actually have it out because there was a lot of talking about that for a long time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, um, yeah. And then, in all fairness, there were plenty of discussions post podcast recording of delaying it again. <laughs> um, but you didn't. You didn't. You you released it. Um, so oh, good stuff. So this is kind of a weird uh, inception of screens here. Um, so yeah. So I, I finally released it, um, and uh, the YouTube channel is now live. Um, I based off of the advice of. A consultant that I'm working with, I am going as my name again. <laughs> so, uh, so David Altizer, you can follow me there. Um, and the title also has changed to "Can Two People Make 100 Movies in 24 Hours?" Um, I'm going to stick with that for a while. I noticed in my stats that 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 was actually performing better than my original title because um, it's a little truer to what the uh, video is. But yeah, uh, the response has been really positive. I've been really pleased with the response. Uh, we just hit a h- 500 subs. Woohoo. Woohoo. Um, so yeah. 500 more and you can monetize. Yeah. Yeah. T- uh, 500 subscribers in two weeks is not terrible. Um, uh, you know, but I'm, I'm playing with a little bit of a cheat code because I kind of have a strategy here. So, <laughs> um, and then I started posting shorts as well. I posted, uh, five shorts in the last two weeks. Um, this one here, the Oppenheimer or Barbie movie short has 14,000 views, which is nuts. Cause I just literally just went out with a, with a microphone to the mall and just asked people, what movie are you seeing? That's all I did. I was like, what movie are you seeing? Uh, I'm seeing Oppenheimer. What movie are you yeah. seeing? Um, uh, we're going to see Barbie. It's like, that's, that's all there is. <laughs> but for some reason people liked watching it. Um, yeah. So yeah, so well, it, it's because of the uh, the Barbie Oppenheimer meme that was going on that was really totally blowing up. So that obviously helped you out because it was the what do they call it? Bar Bar Barbieheimer. Barbieheimer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They uh, they merged the names. Um, I don't know. So it seemed like it, you you played into it at the right time. I mean, I I, th- I imagine that was your intention yeah. and your strategy with that. Yeah, it was it was the day that 
they came out. It was that Friday. So I yeah. just, I literally went at like, it was like noon or 1 p.m. So, you know, it wasn't even the bulk of the people that were going to the movie yet. But then I had my, my buddy Brody, who's editing this podcast. He actually did the first cut on this and then I finished it out and we posted it that night. So it was trending during that weekend, that crazy weekend. Um, so yeah, so anyways, I'm having fun with that and you'll be seeing more with that. Um, I'm excited about a new kind of venture, uh, into that world. Um, but what's kind of nuts is I started making thumbnails recently and it's kind of become an interesting career path because I've always enjoyed thumbnails and I feel like a lot of my YouTuber friends don't actually like making thumbnails (laughs) and I've talked to a lot of them and they don't like it. And they also feel like they're just confused on what to do and don't seem to be up on current trends and stuff. And I've always just loved that whole process. And, um, I started making thumbnails for my buddy frame Voyager. Uh, this was one of the first ones I did. It was called, um, the troubled past of Atomos. And so it was one of the first ones I did. And it was like a cork board, you know, detective, like trying to figure out, you know, what's going on. And that video performed really well. It got like, I think a couple thousand, uh, about 20, 30,000 views or so. Um, and then I did another one for him, uh, for the Oppenheimer release. <laughs> it was talking that about that one smashed, right? Yeah. That one I think is like at 300,000 views or something. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's just clean. It's just Chris Nolan's face is talking about Oppenheimer and, uh, Christopher Nolan and the way he makes movies and the way he does practical effects and stuff. Um, but I'm just starting to learn like how to get that clean thumbnail look and have the lighting kind of wrap around the subject as well. Um, stuff like that. Well, you, you played with color really well on that one too, because interstellar, it, it's the white, cool blues, mm-hmm. which obviously you did, like you said, the light wrap and then the oranges. So it just, it just very pleasing. Yeah. Thanks man. Yeah. yeah. So we've, we've kind of developed a bit of a style with, with all the frame Voyager stuff. Um, where it's just like a subject in the middle. And so anyways, so, so I started working with him. Uh, I've done some other ones too that I'm skipping through here. But and then the Tom Cruise Mission Impossible one as well. That one performed really well for him. So, um, And then my buddy Hayden, uh, Hayden Hillier-Smith, he asked me to help him with his podcast. So this was one on, you know, talking about Jimmy from, you know, Jimmy from Mr. Beast. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jimmy is Mr. Beast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> And then yeah. today we, they actually posted this one on the A24 uh, movie um, that was made from these YouTubers. And so they interviewed these guys on their podcast and um, they went from YouTubers okay. to now making a movie. So this one actually posted today. So I did this one last night. Um, and then I uh, and then I did one for, for Hayden as well. Um, so I'm just really loving it. And I started posting on Twitter or um, as it's now known x uh Mm. (laughs) x.com and um that that post um kind of performed really well and uh just me sharing oh wow what is this weird that's not my that's not my uh twitter try that again yeah so yeah so i posted just like hey making thumbnails uh now and i shared some of the images I, i made this one was cool too i was like um the 15 year journey of making of barbie uh, apparently anne hathaway and uh what's her name um uh amy schumer amy schumer yeah they were supposed to be barbie and so i did like uh you know infinity war 
snap on them. <laughs> so, that's awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, and then obviously Margot Robbie looks like a Barbie, anyways. So that was easy to make her look good. But I put the uh, like little crown on her and stuff. So, anyways, I'm having a ton of fun with it. And this post got eleven thousand views on Twitter and ended up getting some some DMs from some big creators and one in particular, Max Fosh. So if you're not familiar with him, he's a British comedian. So he has a couple of videos that were so amazing. I don't know if you've seen any of these. There was one that went viral about a year ago. I made tourists think they landed at the wrong airport. Did you see that? <laughs> no, I haven't seen that one. I have seen so a couple of his videos though. He's he's pretty funny. I broke into the International Security Convention. That one was a popular one, think- about six million views on that one. I think that's maybe maybe the one I I saw. I became or a member of the fashion royal family. Week? Something about Fashion Week as well. No, that you're talking about somebody else. Um, oh, he was in it though. Yeah, briefly, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah Alex, he was in it. Yeah, Alex. Um, so, anyways, um, so he has this one with the volcano, and so this most recent thumbnail, I cooked a frozen meal in an active volcano. I actually made the thumbnail for that. So, um, pretty amazing. Epic. Yeah, he that's pretty cool. He he saw the stuff I was doing for Hayden. And so, I don't know, it's like, am I a thumbnail artist now? Yeah, but it, it was not planned, and I was not expecting to uh, be a thumbnail designer. Um, but it's something I enjoy, and, you know, I think I, you know, being a YouTuber myself, I kind of have a understanding of YouTube, and I'm older, so I can kind of speak that language with an older audience, I think. Like, it's not a cringy Minecraft kind of style, uh, necessarily, so... Though yeah. I'm not opposed to doing that if if necessary, but um, I don't know. It's a something that I've enjoyed doing, and uh, well, it seems like it's uh, almost like the the perfect job for you, if I <laughs> if I may be so bold, because um, it's highly creative, mm-hmm. right? But it's like sprint work, okay? Because I think it it you know it takes time, but it doesn't take uh, weeks or days or whatever to, yeah. to complete a thumbnail, unless there's a bunch of revisions or whatever. Um, so in in your case, because I know you've talked about you know struggling with focusing and yeah. uh, sitting down for long periods of time to work and all that stuff, um, it, it's kind of it's kind of awesome for you, right? Yeah, you just you sit down and you just sprint through it. It's highly creative, so it keeps your attention. It's always different mm-hmm. as well, uh, <laughs> or at least mostly different. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm loving it's, it. It's a pretty pretty sweet gig. Yeah, absolutely. And um, I get to listen to podcasts while I edit too. That's so that kind of keeps my attention as well. So yeah. it's, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I never thought I'd uh, be doing photo manipulation for work because I've always been such a video person, but this is kind of, it still is video. I'm just making, making thumbnails for video people, but right. Anyways. Um, so that's interesting. And then you also have been doing your own thing as well. That's completely different. And that yeah. is scuba diving. You are are you officially licensed now, or like tell us the tell us the story? Uh, I'm an underwater boy now, so you know uh, it's pretty sweet. Uh, no, not not officially. Saturday I will be. So awesome. Um, I've gone through uh, multiple different classes, the academic classes, and then you have to do uh, various pool dives to learn fundamentals because they don't want you diving anywhere dangerous or in open water to learn fundamentals. And then uh, we did go to uh, Penny Royal Quarry up in Kentucky on Sunday, last Sunday, as of recording this podcast. And that place is actually pretty, 
dope. I, I will say. I mean, it's it, we're not diving in an ocean. We're diving in the middle of the country. So, well, tell me about that because it's it sounds really interesting. So there's quarry quarries that quarries quarries, <laughs> <laughs> and they fill it up with water, and they have you know s- certain things under there for you to explore and stuff. How how was all that? So yeah, so it's um it's about a hundred feet deep, um which is all I am. Uh, being certified to do so with my level one scuba certification open water dive i can do up to 100 feet uh in under my certification but what's really cool about it is um they have all kinds of fish in there um so you got like bluegill and catfish and turtles and other stuff that i can't remember so there actually is fish to look at although the bluegills will bite your ears which is hilarious so you have to kind of like shoo them away uh because they just like to nibble on people for some reason um but what's actually cool down there is they basically made it a little scuba playground so while we were down there we were swimming through sunken school buses they had fire trucks they had yachts that were sunk uh shipping containers um they also had What's it called? I always forget what it's called. It's essentially uh, uh, like drainage pipes that would go under driveways. So they're, they're, you know, just a little bit wider than a human. Uh, They were like 30 or 40 foot long. You'd swim through those. So, um, yeah, it was really cool. They had a basketball court down there, too, with some bowling balls. So we shot some uh, shot some hoops while we were down underwater. How was that? Uh, Pretty cool. Yeah, you can I I can dunk uh, when I'm underwater. So can't dunk on land. So, I mean, what what brought about this whole adventure in the first place? Are you planning on going anywhere now that you've been certified? I mean, I'm sure you've talked to some of the other scuba people and maybe you've got some ideas of where you may want to go. Um, yeah, so uh, initially, I think I might have said this already on the podcast when mm-hmm. we first talked about it, but my dad's a certified diver. So I, it's just something that's always been in, in my head as a kid that I've wanted to do. I have done dives before, just not been certified so it just made sense to do it finally so it's like getting a Um, license you just you just have it so yeah it's it's good for my life though so once i'm certified i'm good for life um although if you haven't dived in a couple years it's always good to do a refresher course uh, so you don't get hurt because uh scuba diving is very dangerous (laughs) i kind of forgot uh all the different ways that you can uh die or severely hurt yourself uh while scuba diving so um it's not sharks that you need to worry about. It's basically underwater pressure because you're under a lot of pressure underwater. You're breathing compressed air, which can be very dangerous. Um, and there's a lot of different things that you have to be aware of while diving and even after diving. Uh, otherwise, you can actually hurt yourself pretty bad. Mm. So it's good to make sure that you're up to snuff if you're looking into diving. Uh, but once well, you know all the stuff, it's not too bad. But yeah, I think... Um, I have a shoot coming up. I'll be at Snapdragon Summit in Hawaii. Cool. Um, When's that? Or um, that's in October. Okay. And cool. Uh, Jim Jim Cook, the guy I work for for that shoot, uh, he's the certified diver. So I think him and I are talking about doing a dive uh, on one of our free days because we we won't have much free time, but we will have some. So we thought about maybe taking a dive, which would be really yeah. awesome i'm looking forward to that and then some of the guys in the class they're talking about maybe putting together a little scuba trip somewhere but we haven't quite figured out when and where that's awesome so i mean it seems 
it seems fitting for you to to finally have that scuba um award or whatever it's called and i'm excited certification <laughs> yeah award <laughs> i'm excited to you know maybe take the old the old uh, dji action four with you and uh get some shots I huh i was thinking about getting the insta 360 go three or whatever it's mm-hmm. called um that one's just kind of i like that one the dji Is that one, one looks nice can you but, dive with that uh you can a little okay. bit yeah uh in shallow water but i imagine they sell a housing because the mm-hmm. action four you can only dive down 18 meters with that which is oh interesting not deep enough for mm-hmm. a lot of scuba it's it's fine for like if you're in the caribbean that's probably fine but mm-hmm. if you're doing anything else um yeah. you're you're gonna you're gonna ruin oh, so the, your action camera well same with the i'm I'm looking at a, a thing here you actually do need to buy a dive case uh, for the Go Three, which they sell, it's fifty nine dollars. Yeah. That will give you one hundred and ninety seven feet of waterproof, diving. which is perfect. Yeah. So in my class, I think on on compressed air, the deepest you can go safely is about one hundred thirty two feet. Mm-hmm. Uh, before you start uh, taking on too much nitrogen in your body, you your whole all the tissue in your body becomes saturated with nitrogen because mm. uh, you're breathing. You're not breathing oxygen in your tank you are but it's 80 percent nitrogen and it's 20 percent oxygen which is Uh what our atmosphere is right yeah so when you're down there and you're at four or five atmospheres of pressure you're breathing in four or five times technically Mm -hmm. the amount of nitrogen so your whole body becomes saturated with it and if you're down too deep uh you get nitrogen narcosis and you essentially more or less you get drunk uh, and then people uh, people die because when you're wow. underwater and drunk at that pressure, you do dumb things, um, and people get hurt. So yeah, wow, that's Anyways. crazy. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Dang. Well, be safe out there. Don't don't get drunk while you're diving. Don't drunk. Don't dr- don't drink and dive. That's actually another thing. You're not supposed to drink and dive. <laughs> you can drink after you dive, not yeah, of before. Course. <laughs> uh, not before. Cool. Well, um, kind of a slow news cycle for, especially for us taking two weeks off. Um, you know, I guess yeah. since then, um, the people have been getting their hands on that Sony a6700, which still seems to be a good, a good camera, but, um, you know, it's kind of a slow news cycle this week. Um, but a lot of stuff is still happening for both of us here. And so hopefully you guys don't mind us just kind of sharing some of the life updates with y'all. Um, and yeah, I mean, is there anything else that you want to talk about, Connor? Anything coming uh, up? Yeah, I mean, uh, I do have some trips coming up, so there'll be some things to talk about. But I'll I'll keep them to myself for now. But um, <laughs> cool. do we want to uh, do we want to chat at all about the fact that we may slow down a little bit? Yeah, I mean, so so I mean, with all that being said, I'll just say you know, for me personally, I'm building this new channel, and my wife is actually you know pregnant, and we'll be expecting our next sun in uh, October. So we're real excited about that. Um, But because of that, I'm just having to really focus on uh, more and more paid work opportunities. Yeah. And uh, I think Connor is also in a similar boat. So we will be, I do not have a child on the way. (laughs) (laughs) Paid, paid opportunities is what. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So I will um, just say that you know we will we're not going to delete the golden hour podcast we're not going to go away but we will be slightly less frequent so um 
hopefully you guys will continue to tune in every time we post a show and we love all the feedback. And honestly, the longer we wait, the more news that we can cover and talk about as well. Um, true. And then also we're not opposed to continuing to have guests on the show as well, whoever may want to join us. So we're trying to line up Jevin. We've been trying to line him up for a while. And then He's a busy man. also Tyler. I always love talking to Tyler. So we could probably nerd out about X and Twitter for about 30 minutes if I had him on. But yeah, uh, well, we're going to hit iPhone season soon enough. So yes. A lot of good conversation there. And, Absolutely. Um, a brief little thing. I, I thought I, I thought I saw something about M3 MacBooks getting mm. rumored. Not not sure yeah. if that's actually happening or not, but um, maybe maybe that's coming. That but yeah, exciting. We're thinking about maybe every other week. Uh, mm-hmm. Not not necessarily committing to that, but just uh, that would be a, a schedule we would like to keep moving forward in this time since things are just getting busier. Yeah. And then if time becomes more accessible, maybe we'll we'll bump it back up to one a week. Um, but it's just it's just necessity right now. Yeah, I think people understand, right? So um, we'll continue to deliver the the shows when we can, and we love all of you so much, and uh, just so grateful for this show and the consistency that we've had on it. It's been a fun uh, fun show to be a part of for the last four years. So yeah, absolutely, and for me, one. <laughs> but also, you were a part of it from the very beginning, in a way, as well. Yeah, yeah, behind the scenes. And now, now I'm. Now you got to look at my face. Well, if you're watching the video, you got to look <laughs> at my face, hear my voice. All right, guys. So we'll see you on the next episode of the Golden Hour Podcast. Once again, I've been your host, David Altizer. And Connor McCaskill. Bye-bye. <laughs>